You know, it's, it's crazy that on, I'd say one out of every five corners now in Manhattan, at least you're seeing still COVID testing booths and they're free. Yeah. Like, how are these people making money? I don't understand. I'm sure the government is paying for something. I'm sure they're getting some sort of funding. I mean, it seems like a, it's like a no show job, like in uh, Sopranos, how they used to have all like the, uh, oh, we'll pay you. Just fucking don't show up. You know? <laughs> no. What was that like? <laughs> In Sopranos, it's all like the construct, like they did construction, and all their jobs were like you don't. Ha- it's just they'd be sitting in these uh, like lawn chairs at construction sites, and uh, that's what that feels like. It's like they're not actually doing something, but somebody's getting paid. Somebody's making money off of it somehow because you know who's still getting tested for uh, COVID. That's what I don't understand. People that are like, "Oh, I got COVID," it's like, why are you getting tested? For yeah, COVID? unless you actually feel like shit, I don't really understand the point of doing it. Just because yeah. like it will jam up your entire week, potentially. 10 days to two weeks, you know? Yeah. It's like, who gives a shit? So Chris, the first time you and I met was at Grizzly Pear, man, killing it over there. And I see you're there a lot during the week, right? I live there, dude. I am there way too often. And uh, everybody tells me I should branch out and try new things. And I have not. Since I moved to New York, that's the only Well, dude, you were at the Ted Jones Comedy Show the other week and you killed, bro. That was was amazing. That was as far as I'll branch out. And then I retreat immediately. We (laughs) back to Grizzly Pear. I was like, this feels weird. I need to get back to my home. You're a kombucha guy? I didn't know it came in slim cans like that. Dude, I've been drinking uh, a lot of the other kombuchas, but this one has uh, a lot of them have too much sugar in them. So I try to avoid yes, uh, try to avoid sugar. And I got this. Uh, if you want some of that, that's a nice little uh, Whole Foods has a lot of like weird healthy uh, healthy stuff. And I'm big into the. Yeah. Uh, if you tell me something's healthy, I'm I'm putting it in. Well, you know I'm you vegan, know? man. I'm really, you know that? Know yes, that. I am wow. vegan. So I'd say I am pretty healthy. I'm vegan and an intermittent faster. So like right now, like some yeah. of the best shape I've been in the last three months. Really? I had an insane phase over COVID, where I moved back out to my dad's house in Long Island. Yeah. I lived there for three months straight, and no joke, like every single day, I'd say. Eight out of nine days, I was working out for an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes and then running for 30 minutes. Wow. And just never eating, bro. Wow. I'm like, that, that's the best way to get in shape. Just never eat. That's the thing. That's what people don't understand. It's like, oh, you got to eat all this stuff. It's like if you just don't eat or a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm very broke and I'm like, ah, I don't like eating. If you just get yourself very broke, that might be the best diet to have because then you're forced to like weigh every every meal and you're like ah, I don't need to eat right now and you realize how little you really need to need to eat. I feel One like of, we're encouraging anorexia. Yeah, dude, we are. After your meal, throw up. I'll have for lunch, I'll have chickpeas and beans with hot sauce. It's like yeah. a $3 lunch and I'll yeah. eat that or I was eating it probably like four or five times a week back two years ago. Yeah. But now I'll do it like once or twice a week, just like a quick lunch. It's $3. I can eat it while looking at my computer. Right. And it's easy. It's quick. So let's talk about Miami, dude. You're very tan. I'm pretty tan, tan, too, but you, you are, no, are noticeably tan. I think your blue eyes pierce through your skin, bro. Thank you, dude. No it's homo, like, but you look good. You look <laughs> good. Just start nice sweats. Yeah, dude, I'm Dion. <laughs> it would be like only that. I actually went to, when I was in Miami, I went to a nude beach. My girlfriend, wanted, I went with my girlfriend. In Miami, they have one? In Miami, yeah. But it, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go because it's like she wanted to be naked. And I'm like, I'm not going to be naked. And I also don't feel like it's a fair exchange unless I see other like smoking hot girls there. Otherwise, I'm bringing my girlfriend for everybody to see naked and then I'm not getting anything back. And it was exactly that. It was just dudes, old dudes with their dicks out. And then my girlfriend 
with her with her tits out. I'm like, I, this is I, not fair. I feel like that's a breach also of a nude beach. Like, you right. shouldn't be looking at people if you're going to a nude beach. Like, you should just be doing your thing, trying to get places tan where you otherwise wouldn't that's get a tan. That's what she said. She's like, I'm not here to, for, like, other people to look at me. Well, I'm, And I'm like, well, that's, that's how what it I'm, ended that's up. That's exactly what I'm doing. Right. And all I'm seeing <laughs> is dicks this whole time. There was dudes, like, fuck, like, a lot of gay, a lot of gay couples, and they were, like, fucking, like, pretty much fucking in the water. And uh, I was like, this is not. What part of Miami is that? It was a small portion of a big beach. Yeah, it was some beach. I don't know if you just Google like nude beaches. There's a few of them. And we we found the uh, the winner. And then she got her phone stolen while we were there, too, just to top it all off. But then we found it somehow. So we we go down to the water. We come back. Only her phone is taken. I have like a shitty old iPhone. So I was oh, like, you yeah. went in the ocean and you got your phone stolen. Yeah. I feel like people always talk about that. I had no idea that actually happened. Me neither. Because I was like, who's going to do it? Especially at a nude beach and it's all like friendly gay. Yeah. Friendly gay. Okay. You don't seem like the type that would take a phone. But uh, we, it got stolen. We think it got stolen, but then somehow it got returned to the security at the beach. So we, we didn't have it for like a day. And then we kept like doing the find my phone and we found out that it was at the beach. We go there to the exact location that it said and it was just in a security booth. We're like, did it, yeah, ev- did it ever move from the security booth or when you were looking at on my iPhone, it was there the whole time? It was dead for a while and then some, and then it somehow got turned on in the security booth. Yeah, so it was very strange. So maybe it was dead and then it got turned over to the security booth and then was charged up there? I guess, maybe. Or somebody but, tried to jailbreak it and then couldn't get through. But I don't know who steals a phone and then return and then is like, eh, I feel bad about it. It's like if you're stealing an iPhone, you're stealing it and you're not return. You're not being a good Samaritan at the same time. You're stealing it and even if you don't want to keep it, you're just fucking throwing it somewhere. You're Who's not stealing it. an iPhone these days, though? I don't I know. Feel like Almost everybody has access to a phone, whether it's an Android or Metro PCS or anything, an iPhone. You know what I mean? I have Metro PCS. You do? Not to brag, yeah. How does that? How does that work? It's, <laughs> it's, on, it's on an like, iPhone. <laughs> it works like a regular phone. Yeah, it's just uh, service sucks all the time, but it's like thirty <laughs> bucks a month. <laughs> I didn't mean to be a dick. I was just like, I don't like, know, Metro, Metro PCS. PCS how does I used that work? to. I used to use T-Mobile. <laughs> yeah, I had the little flip phone. Yeah, we all go through. We all go through tough. Tough times. Yeah, man. I'm, right, in my, so I'm in my Metro PCS phase. Where are you from initially? I will say, bro, that you truthfully are one of the best joke writers I have had the privilege of watching live, man. So props to you. Thank you, dude. Yes, I appreciate that. It hasn't uh, translated to any success, but I appreciate that. Well, Maybe keep doing that, day. man, because I think that the ability that you have to write jokes is phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah, I started as a uh, just like a one-liner guy, and I've just never branched out. People are like, oh, you should do turn that into a bit and stuff like that, and I'm just... Now my brain is just so one-linery that I can't even think in bits. I'd, I'd like to do bits because it, it, it would get me more time and stuff like that, but it's like now my brain is just, just hack one-liners, and now it's like... Luckily in New York, you're only doing eight, 10 minute spots anyway. But yeah, if you asked me to do like a 45 minute spot, I would have no idea. What well, I'm how comfortable are you there. on stage right now in terms of time? If someone was like, all right, Chris, go do as much time as you are comfortable I've done on like stage. 20, I've done 25 before and that was kind of whatever. It was kind of, it was pretty good, but the crowd has to be hot and, and shit like that. But it's like remembering jokes is tough once you, once you start doing a bunch. That's why I like, yeah, I bet. like Stephen Wright and guys like that are really impressive because it's like remembering all those all those jokes that aren't related to each other, but somehow you got to stack them in. Cause there's not really so much of a transition between one joke and the next joke. Maybe on some of them are, there right. are, but not on right. all of them. Right. 
But yeah, I, I guess there's some benefit to it too because it's like if a if a joke doesn't work, it's like all right, that was ten seconds out. Whereas if you have a bit that doesn't work, that's that's a long time to sit in something that's not working, you know. And I think that was my original thing why I started doing one liners because I was so scared not to get a laugh that I was like, I just got to get to the next next thing. So I would bail on things like so fast. Like I think I've tried to do bits before, and I'm just like, no, fuck that. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, right next to uh, Worcester. Okay, so did you start doing comedy in Boston, or did you move to New York after college? How did uh, how did your life look from growing up in Boston, close to Boston, and then to now? It's funny because you don't really go to Boston. Like I went to Boston on a couple like field trips, but I, we were probably like an hour from Boston. I, didn't, I never really went to Boston until I was like out of college. Maybe I went like a couple times before that, but then I moved to Boston when I got out of college. Where'd you go to college? Westfield State. University. It's in. It's out in Springfield. I don't know if you know anything about Massachusetts, but it's like near the. Uh, I went to UConn, so I right. spend a few times playing on the playing on the tennis team, and then going up to places in Massachusetts. So I'm familiar a okay. little bit. Yeah, I played basketball and soccer at Westfield State. Oh wow, so those, Bo those Jackson are, those are here, sports, dude. dude. Yeah, let's go. Yes, yeah, so those were my uh, those were my sports. I was more into basketball. I was probably better at soccer, but I I just was a big Michael Jordan uh, guy growing up. So I was like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the You're NBA. Be Michael Jordan. And nice. I probably thought that until like I graduated college. I was like, oh, this probably isn't gonna work. I'm getting ten minutes a game at a Division three college. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. It's probably not happening. But uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my shit hoops hoops growing up, and then uh, moved to Boston. Had a girlfriend from college, and we lived together for a long time. And then, um, yeah, I started comedy maybe at like 30, like late 20s, early 30s was when I first did it. And I kind of was just so, so scared to uh, to do it. I was very nervous. I took a class, and at the end of the class, you do like a presentation, and that went well. And then they were like, okay, now go do open mics. And I still was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. So I took another I took I repeated the class, basically. And they're like, what are you, what are you doing back here? I was like, oh, I just want to uh, do it skills. again. But really, I was just too terrified Damn. to even do an open mic. And that, then, I mean, that happens to all of us. It's just interesting to hear how long it happens to some of us for. Like, you hit your first open mic, then don't you hit your second one until six months later. Yeah, it was crazy. And then finally, I was like, okay, I can't just keep spending money on classes and avoiding it. And then I did some open mics. And yeah, they were bad for a while. Like, everybody's, they were bad. But... I mean, yeah, did that for a while and then moved here two years ago, like during the during the uh, pandemic and was doing all the outdoor mics and shit like that here. What was your thought process in moving from Boston to New York, though, during the pandemic? <clears throat> it was kind of just like do whatever, like get out of uh, I knew I needed I knew I needed to make a move. I moved to Nashville during the pandemic I was out there because they were open. So I was just out there partying and shit, doing whatever. And uh, then I moved back to Boston and I was like, I can't come back here. So I just moved. I had a, bu- a bunch of people from Boston are already out in, uh, in New York anyway. So I had a buddy that already had a place here and he's like, yeah, I got an open room. Was he doing comedy or no? <clears throat> he was a comic, but he had, uh, he had quit. He, he's my roommate still now. And he is a dating coach. He works with the top dating coach. I don't know if you know, Todd V he's very popular on, uh, I've, I've never heard of him, oh, but, but that's amazing. So what is it? What does a dating coach do? I mean, just gives people advice on how to talk to women, slide in their DMs. He's he does it all. This guy is a master. He knows so much about everything. So my roommate started as like his film guy. So they would go out filming. He does these boot camps. So he has people come out for the weekend. <clears throat> they pay like good money. They pay like three grand for the weekend. 
and he takes them to bars and just has them approach women the whole time. Oh, he'll, let's go. He'll do it with just them. build the courage, build the confidence. He'll do it with them. He'll do it. He'll just tell them to do it, tell them to do it. And then they go out during the day. They'll go to like Bryant Park or they'll go to Washington Square Park. If you ever walk by Washington Square Park, now a bunch of, there's a bunch of coaches that do it and you'll see people approaching girls in Washington Square Park. That's crazy, man. Because the only time I get courage like that is when I have my vlog camera behind me and like mm-hmm. I have a microphone. But besides that, I don't think I would ever approach a girl like that. Yeah, that's where I met my girlfriend now in Washington Square Park. Through a dating coach? <laughs> Not through a dating coach, but me and my roommate were big into this guy. Like we would watch his videos all the time. We would go out and do, we would hit the parks. And so we basically were doing that without him there. So we did that a lot in Boston. Wow. So that's why when, when I kind of moved here, that was kind of... That was kind of our connection. It was like comedy, yeah, but mostly it was like going out and uh, and approaching chicks. And for a while, I needed him to be there with me. He needed me to be there with him. But then after a while, it was just like, okay, you can do it. And that also probably own. helped your comedy game too, just being more comfortable improving on stage. I guess I don't really improv for shit, but yeah, it's uh, it definitely helps with courage. Like I've I've taken a couple comics out that are like really strong comics, crowd work comics that are just so confident, <clears throat> and I've taken them out to be like. Yeah, talk to this. They've wanted to. They're like, I would love to be able to do it. And a lot of them can't do it. Oh, like, man, a lot of the ballsy, bro. A lot of the it's a, com- it's a completely it. different um, exercise mm-hmm. when you're out there having to talk to random people. This is sometimes how I feel like when I do the vlog, the Ted Jones vlog. Like, I'll just have the largest pit in my stomach. But then once I talk to two or three people, I'm boom. I'm on a, I'm on a groove and I keep moving forward. Because it seems so unnatural when you do it at first. You're like, nobody would do it. You're like, you see a girl walking on the street. You're like, nobody... I can't go up to this girl and stop her and say hi. Like it's it's gonna be embarrassing. But then you do a few. You go out and like make a day of it, and it becomes fun. And you're like, yeah, you don't care if she's like, no, I like I'm not. the worst that happens. Is a girl being like, okay, thanks, bye. But most of them, I mean, not most, like a good amount of them are like, hey, thanks. What's what's going on? And that's how I'm. That's how I've had. That's how I've dated in the city. I've never used the apps or anything like that. Wow. Uh, what's the first thing you said to your girlfriend if you remember? <clears throat> Probably said. I think she was sitting there in Washington Square Park. And, <laughs> excuse me and uh i hate too many of those fucking uh cashews <laughs> and uh i think i just said she looked cute i liked her style or something like that she's colombian so i was in like a latina phase i think when i met her and uh i guess i still am yeah and uh yeah just said she looked cute and uh talked to her got her number and then nothing really happened for like we went on one date nothing really happened we went on another date nothing really happened so this was like a six month thing and then eventually she was just like all right let's hang out more start hanging out more and then, so you were you guys friends first or no it was, just it was kind always of like very clear it was always very clear what the uh what my intentions were you know it was never like oh let's be but but it was just like she had stuff going on i had stuff going on so it was never i mean mostly she had stuff going on i was like ready to hang out i thought she was i thought she was really hot and i was like yeah let's hang out <laughs> for the for the guys <laughs> listening what would you say is a good opening line to maybe do this in Washington Square Park. Anyone listening being like, oh, you know what? I should try that. Especially for a beginner. It's really just like, hey, I thought you looked cute. Or, hey, I, li- I really liked your style. One of the things that they kind of teach in this program is to be direct. Like, like you can go up and be like, hey, do you have to, like, really, really beginners, like, ask directions to somebody. So find a girl you find attractive and ask her for directions. Which is the funniest thing now because everybody has Google (laughs) Google Maps. Or maybe, like, my phone died. What's your direct, what are the directions to here? Yeah. Or you could be, like, a coffee shop. You look like you're from here. What's a good coffee shop around here? 
But that's a great line, dude. <laughs> I'm writing that down in my brain right now. But it's really not what you say. It's the it's the confidence, and then it's the ability to like stick in it after a while. So you could go up and be like, "Hey, nice shoes," and the girl will be like, "Thanks," and then you just keep walking. But if you go up and be like, "Hey, I really liked your style. I wanted to come say hi." I'm so and so. Oh, dude, that's making me cringe, man. Like, I'm thinking about how uncomfortable I'd feel doing that. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. And I haven't done it in a long, long time. So now thinking about it, it's like uncomfortable. But once you get back into it and you just go out and do it, like, I've, I've, um, kind of gone out with, so my buddy, my roommate now, he goes on these, he's gone to Madrid. He was in Madrid recently. He was in London recently. So they do these boot camps all over the world. And they have guys come in and they go and teach them and they'll do them in Washington Square Park every once in a while. And I went uh, not too long ago just to meet this guy because I was always been like a big fan of this uh, this guy and kind of watched how he did it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this does seem kind of crazy to do this again. But it's like these kids that come into the boot camp are very inexperienced. And a lot of times they're virgin. They're like 30 year old virgins and shit like that, like. Very, uh, very beginner, and they'll come in, and he'll by the end of the boot camp, we'll have them like going up to girls, talking to them. That's Cause amazing because it, it's just like you throw them into it, and these kids are paying good money, so they're not going to be like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do it." It's like, no, you have to do it. You don't have a choice. So it helps to have somebody there to help, and it helps like when you when it doesn't go well, you come back to your friends, you just be like, "Ah, what can you do?" Do you drink at all alcohol? <laughs> I do drink a uh, occasionally in Miami. I drank. A lot because there was we were just kind of I was on vacation I guess so there was like I like happy hours we don't have those in Boston and happy hour is uh, when you don't have them it's like you almost feel obligated like you walk by a place and they're like two dollar beer it's like well I I wasn't planning on drinking right now but now I have to I feel like it would be so much easier to well it is so much easier like once you have a few drinks in you to start talking to girls because that's really when guys are like okay I could do this in a crowded bar they're four drinks deep maybe they're with some of their bros and they're like all right time to look for ladies boys. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, it just sounds so difficult to, I don't know, go to this boot camp. But once you put the money on the line, you got to feel kind of obligated in your head to do it. You got to do it. And I feel better without drinking because it's almost like comedy. Like you want to be sharp. You don't want to be and you get the rush from talking to the girl. So if you're going to go out and do a bunch of approaches at night, you don't want to be like, oh, I need a drink every time. It's, it would be like doing comedy like every Every comic that goes up, you got to you're like, oh, I got to get another drink, got to get another drink. It's like, no, you want to be sharp. You want to be ready. And by the end, the courage that it t- that alcohol would give you to go up to a girl, you don't really need that after you do a few. It's like you, it's like you said with the vlog. Once you do a few, it's like, okay, I don't need the alcohol now. Now I need to be like sharp. If I do, if there is a girl that I have a good interaction with, it's like you want to be on the top of your top of your game. You don't want to be like all fucking sloppy and shit, you know? I love that, man. You spend any yeah. time smoking growing up in Massachusetts? Yeah, I smoked a little bit. All right, probably more in like high school and shit than ever. Like now I don't smoke at all. When did it become legal up there? Pretty recently? Yeah, fairly recently. I was definitely out of like college and stuff when it be, when it when it got uh, legalized, I think. Maybe like 2014 or something around then. I'm not positive. But I was never I was a, a weed smoker in like high school, I guess, when like it was badass to smoke weed. I would, I would <laughs> want to. But I never really knew why I want like it didn't help me at all. Like I wasn't like really that into it. I think I was just doing it to like be cool or whatever fit in. You grew up in a small town? Yeah, Shrewsbury is a pretty small town. It's um it's probably like middle middle class, whatever that means. Just like a suburb, nice uh, nice area. But I mean, it's not that small. Like we have we have a couple high schools. We have Shrewsbury High School where I went to, and then we have an all boys high school, St. John's, and that's like the, always the powerhouse uh, 
sports team. So we would always get spanked by that. Like it was a big rivalry for us to play them. But for them, it was like, yeah, you guys. Were there any uh, professional athletes who went there? <clears throat> you like squared kid, up again, um, like in basketball. There's a kid on the Packers right now. I oh, think wow. that uh, went there. His dad was on the. Remember that crazy play? I think it was at St- it was like Stanford Cal where the band was out on the field. Yes, and they dude. do all the laterals. The band is on the field. The it, band is on the field. Yeah, was somehow it Stanford I know Cal? This, something like that. It was definitely Cal. It was definitely I don't know who Cal. The other team was, but either way, his dad was one of the guys that like lateraled in that. I think so. His. Somehow I know that, but that yeah, that kid went to went to St. John's, and then now he's on the Packers, I think, and he made a big catch recent, like a hail mary that Aaron Rodgers threw recently. He caught it, but yeah, other than that, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, there should be more professional athletes. Well, growing up in Massachusetts, do you like all the Boston sports teams, or do, do you like look to New York sports teams? <clears throat> no, I was always a big uh, well, I was a big Chicago, I was a big Michael Jordan guy forever. I was never really a Celtics fan growing up. Because they kind of suck. Like after Larry Bird was before my time, I never really saw him. But yeah, I guess it was like D Brown and like those guys when I was growing up. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm they had the big Jordan three guy. though. No, that was later on. So after during college, they had the big three, and that's that's when I was big. You had to be a big Celtics. That was fan probably what like twelve years ago. <laughs> Kevin Gar- what was it? Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And then they had Rajon Rondo, but I don't Rondo. think he was like considered one yeah, of the he top, wasn't, top he wasn't players. Great, yeah, but he was good. And uh, yeah, that team was awesome. And I remember watching them in, in college. So it must have been like 2008, 2009, maybe 2008, 2009, 2010, maybe. You still play basketball in Astoria at all? My roommate likes to play a lot, but I, I, um, I haven't played much. I played in a couple men's leagues back in Boston, but I haven't played a ton lately because uh, I don't know. It's like when you lose it and you start to suck, you're like, ah, like you're playing against people that suck, but you're no better than them. And I'm like, ah, this is not, it's almost like sad for me to be like, oh, I suck as bad as this guy who can't, who's fucking terrible. But you you used to love it. I used to love it. I think if I got back into it and was playing consistently, I would love it again. But it's like, I get, I think I get too competitive. Like I remember playing in men's leagues and like, (laughs) There's times I would be like yelling at the ref. And I'm like, what am I doing? Playing <laughs> in the fucking men's league, and I'm just gets getting so heated about shit. So it's like it's people love it. the communal competitive sports though in New York. And then also you're seeing some sports sports leagues that have it's like co-ed, you know, like co-ed flag football and stuff, which is great to see. I just I don't know how it would really work in a I don't know a basketball field. I'm not saying that like women are not as good as men at basketball, but like. I don't know, potentially maybe some of the men would be better than the women playing. Yeah, I think I think basketball is a tough one. I think you would really get Like exposed. soccer, you can kind of do it. I played in a, in a soccer co-ed league with my girlfriend who played in college. She played soccer at the same college I played. Oh, that's I fun. played at, so she was good. Um, but even that one, it was like kind it was competitive. So it would be like, again, times where she'd be like, you are way too competitive in this. You need to like fucking chill out. I remember one time she got decked by some dude. And she was like, where were you? And then I just kind of like kept playing. Where were you? She's like, where were you on that one? I was like, I don't know. I was, I didn't, you, you You're like, I was play. right there, babe. You didn't see me square up. <laughs> I was like, you wanted to play in this fucking co-ed league. So that's a risky take, you know. But yeah, some people like weren't able to tone it down around girls. And that's where, it's, that's where it gets a little dicey. But yeah, in basketball, I think it would be, uh, it'd be difficult. You know, soccer, you can kind of blend the girls in and shit. But it's like basketball, you couldn't. Are you doing fantasy football this year? 
I did it for a few years, but it was just too too much of a time suck. Me too, bro. Too like there were just suck. too many other guys in the league who were <laughs> way more competitive than me, like way more focused. And it's an every every week thing. Like you got to pay attention like at least an hour, two hours a week. And for me, I don't think it was worth it like to having like to compete against guys from my college who were so into it. I got a buddy that is uh, just listens to all the podcasts, does everything, puts so much time and effort into it. And I'm ever like, if I, if I ever have money to invest, I would just, cause he loves it. He'll do as many leagues as he can. I would just have, I would just pay for him to enter a league and then like split the money with him because he's so fucking dedicated to it that I'm like, this would be, this would be my best chances. But otherwise it's like playing poker and not knowing how to play poker. It's like, why not let, why not give it to the pros and let them figure it out? That's the kind of how I feel about all fantasy sports, you know, like <clears throat> baseball, basketball, football, I guess are, those are like the three sports, but I don't really bet much. Are you better? No, not, not at all. No, I did for, I did for a little while, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think once I got into like comedy and doing other shit, I was like, I don't want to do that. You how many spots a week are you doing now? Uh, I'll do the pair maybe every night. So I don't know, at least, at least seven or eight spots, a couple times Friday, but the Fridays and Saturdays are really, are really good there. The weekdays are, are very hit or miss there. So it's like, sometimes I'll be performing for like three people so i don't know how really much, i don't know how much that because when i saw you on saturday probably three weeks ago there was probably like 70 or 80 in the room like full packed out room that's when it's a lot of fun there yeah it can be a lot of uh a lot of fun it's rowdy it's like nobody gives a fuck everybody tried to go to the cellar and didn't get in so they're just like oh whatever we'll just go to this place. It's right around the corner from yeah the so cellar. nobody knows what what to expect there and they're just usually they're pleasantly surprise when they leave there and they're like oh that was worth like i had a bunch of buddies in in town for a bachelor party last weekend and they came to the show and i was worried about like charging them 20 bucks i was like yeah i don't know if i can hook you guys up i don't know if you want to come they're like yeah yeah we'll come and after at the end they're like dude you guys should charge more for that show like that show was and i'm like wow i've never Love I've never do thought they, about they it don't do like, a drink minimum also they do a one drink minimum but it's like who's not gonna get fucking one especially drink. on a saturday night what time your show was yeah 10 10 or midnight 10 or 12. yeah it's like who's not getting hammered at those times if you're not you're at the wrong you're at the wrong place you can tell when you walk in there you're like okay i gotta get fucked up yeah totally it's one of those vibes have you been yeah. out of new york city recently to do comedy i have not i don't think i've Trying to think of the last place I did. I did a gig in Connecticut. I like took a train out there and uh, got there, and it was probably a show with like ten people there, like ten people in the crowd, and nobody wanted to be there. They were rowdy. There was like a birthday party. There was like a bar. I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I don't need to do." Comedy is so funny, man. Yeah, you just I was never like, I know should what branch out. But that's the thing is, people are like, "Oh, you got to branch out, trying to spot." So I'm like, "I'll just stick to this until I get." Till I get good, it's like the most efficient way to do it because I can get like a couple spots in there a night, and like I don't have to travel anywhere and stuff. And I probably should do other places, but we're in the best city for comedy. I don't need to be going to like Connecticut. I haven't been back to Boston since I left. A lot of people are like oh, I should go back there. But so you haven't seen your parents then? No, I've been back, but not to do comedy. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. So you've just been back, like visiting them for the weekend or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I left and said fuck this whole place. Never talked to my parents. Bean Town. Yeah, imagine that's why I was like, this is intense, I was bro. Like, I'm fucking big time now. And then I just came here. Like, <laughs> fuck, I should go back. To my <laughs> what are your what are what are future goals for comedy um, in doing spots <clears throat> every single night? Yeah, I probably should have one, but I don't really, uh, I don't really have one. I guess just keep, uh, keep at it till you get, uh, till you get good. I guess I don't, I don't really know what the uh, plan is. I probably should have a goal, but I don't. really Well, have thoughts it. on putting together like a thirty-minute YouTube special that you can put out for free? 
That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be sweet. All right. Well, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, a good goal. goal. Yeah, yeah, dude. My buddy, uh, Alan, I don't know if you've seen Alan Fitzgerald. He's my buddy from Boston. We came here about at the same time. He does a pair almost every night too. And he's doing a 30 minute special. He's filming it in like Connecticut or something. But, uh, yeah, he's kind of the same way. He's got very short, short jokes. So it took him a while to, to get there, but he's got, uh, he's got the time and stuff to do it. And it's all jokes, but he's very like offensive and shit like that. So we'll see how it, see how it goes out. He does well and he does well in New York and uh, things like that. But I don't know if his special, how well received his special will be, but maybe that's what people are looking for right now because he can't really get that on any other, any other place. Like yeah. On any other platform. Yeah. Like YouTube is pretty restrictive. I'd say on certain issues, like the other day I had one of my videos, I had, I got an X. So (laughs) if you get three X's on YouTube, you're kicked off of YouTube. I got an X because I put up one video that was like, you know, I'm addicted to smoking weed. And then I was like, who isn't addicted to smoking weed or something. And then on one of the stickers, there was a crack pipe, but Instagram reels loved it. Yeah. It's just YouTube shorts didn't like it and TikTok. I've got an X for both of those, so I have to be careful. But I think it's like kind of crafting what you think is appropriate, what's not, and always just teetering on the bur- on the border because you never really know. It's so weird to think that somebody at YouTube saw that, <clears throat> didn't understand that there was any humor in it, or what, I don't know what they would possibly think that that's... I think it was just probably the <clears throat> drug paraphernalia because that's what they said. They were like, addiction, drug paraphernalia, substance abuse. And I was like, ah, I guess. But like, you never really know what platform is going to pop off because you, you have a podcast as well. I had a podcast. We kind of uh, have taken a break. We'll see if it's a permanent break or a uh, whatever because we were doing it at a studio and then it was just like too much to keep doing it in a studio. So was it just the price of the studio each time? Yeah, it was expensive to do it each time. But this is a sweet... Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we had the apartment and uh, studio here in one. But for the most part, I have everything always just ready to go for the podcast. And we also, guys, by the... One second, I got to redo that. By the way, guys, we have a new camera here. If you guys notice, you see Chris's face a little bit more clearly. 30 minutes into the pod, just told you that. So um, I'm sure you've noticed by now, man. They're like, damn, we wish it was a better looking person dude you're tan honestly the eyes are piercing the teeth are white you look good you're good first uh camera usage also we have tennis balls right under the tv guys the u.s open is this week if you're looking for some fun this weekend because today is thursday as we drop this chris if you guys are looking for fun uh go check out a day pass it's probably a hundred dollars bring a date it's super fun and i wouldn't start drinking so early but definitely have some of those honey deuces at the u.s open you ever been to, to the u.s open <clears throat> i didn't but oh, i haven't been, but go. i'd like to go yeah it sounds like a you prime should you should spot. go you should go with your girl for sure wait it's all this week so mm-hmm. yeah it's monday through sunday and then the second week it gets a little bit more expensive but in terms yeah. of like a day pass you can go and see every single match except for the ones in the main stadium but like yeah. during the first week the main stadium it's mostly like blowouts so you don't really want to sit there unless you're watching uh, Serena Williams or Rafael Nadal, somebody like that. But you go U.S. Open, have lunch there, and you watch like five hours of tennis. It's super fun. Really, just such an electric environment. <clears throat> yeah, I'm surprised you've that. never been. I would like to go. I think my being family, a sports guy. I know. I think my family has gone. But I think my mom and sister went one year. But um, yeah, that is. And where is it? It's in uh, Flushing. So you take the seven. Yeah. From oh, from pretty close to you. I'm yeah. not sure exactly how to get there from Astoria, but I'm sure you just take the seven to. 
Mets Willits Point. Don't take it to Main Street Flushing. I've done that many times, made the confusing mistake. Because yeah. it says on the stop, it just says Mets Willits Point. Like they should have some reference to the US Open for the two weeks a year yeah, that yeah. it's there. But like you have no idea that it's the right train station until you get off and you walk down and then you start to see everybody going towards the tennis center. Yeah, yeah. And it's all day. All day, bro. All day, so it starts day. at 11 and then the day session ends at 7. So you get there, have lunch, watch tennis. It can be very hot today. It's not that hot at the open. Can be super hot. But I mean, for the most part, you have enough. Like you go into this pro shop, you go in, you get lunch, you have enough cool. There's trees and stuff like that. Shit to walk around. Yeah, such a fun event, man. Dope. I might have to check that out. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen tennis live i mean i've my sister played tennis in high school but that's probably a different level of uh of tennis (laughs) yeah these pros man like every shot that they hit is in the center of the racket like even when they're out reaching like 10 feet out beyond the baseline they're still hitting the ball at the center of the racket it's really a beautiful thing to watch and like watching them warm up they're so smooth i remember going to one of my sister's matches one time and me and my me and some other little kid i was probably like 10 years old or whatever watching and uh, one of, another one of my buddies was there. He was a ten too, and we we're sitting at the uh, along the fence watching. We're like talking shit about <coughs> one of the girls, like how bad she is. <laughs> Not thinking she like we weren't like heckling her. We were just like, oh my god, she's so so bad and stuff like that. And she heard us, and she ca- she ratted us out to her coach and was like, they're talking about me over there, and they kicked us out. They're like these little, <laughs> these little kids. I was horrified because I was like, she heard. Did she hear everything? Like we were. We were saying like some not like ruthless, but like for me at ten years old, I was like that was really mean. Oh my god! But I didn't, and I was like, I'll never talk shit about anybody again. At the and open, like at the day. open, those tennis players would just look at you and just tell you to shut up. Yeah, like that's how intense they'll get. I mean, because they're playing for life changing amount of money. A lot of these guys, if you're not in the top one hundred in the world, like you're barely making ends meet. Like yeah. you cost so much money to travel with your coach hotels flights yeah going to tournaments losing maybe being injured but like for a lot of these players it's like make or break and it's this particular time of the year if you yeah. lose in the first round you make 80k lose in the second round you make 120k really so it's a it's a lot of money for a lot of these people so you lose and you get 80k just yeah. for making it yes <laughs> making the, it this far in the first round yeah i would take that yeah <laughs> for a day i could go and lose yeah, for the first round. Good. And then a lot of these guys who are playing in qualifying, that's tough, too. I went to the qualifying last week. That's a free event. Next time I go, hopefully you guys at the U.S. Open will give Ted Jones World Media a pass. But uh, next time we're going to bring a vlog <laughs> camera. camera guy behind yeah. me. Because I was doing, like, the self-vlog, but I want to bring this puppy yeah, yeah. next time. Something Where like they, that. They don't care that you're, lax. that you're in there? During vlogging. qualifying, no. They didn't okay. care. It was super lax. I mean, maybe if I brought a big camera like this, they might. But, like, I was just holding my ZV-1 camera. So it was yeah. mostly just... <clears throat> me the whole time and you do it by yourself at that you particular haven't? time yeah i did that's ballsy dude if you can do that you can fucking talk to chicks on the street yeah man it's just that <laughs> the camera really sets me off in a different mood man like yeah. when i have the camera following me behind like i don't care i can get swung at on the street obviously i would never want to get swung at you know for being inappropriate on the street but like yeah i think it's just a different vibe when i'm when i'm out there and i just try and be bubbly enough that the person feels comfortable on camera which i think is exactly what you got to do in these washington square parks yeah be bubbly enough that the girls are receptive towards right, you right right um, you ever watch Billy on the street? That's one of my favorites. I haven't watched a full <laughs> episode really, but I know like the clips and that's kind of what the, I've trying, what I've yeah. been trying to channel in the man on the street. Dude, he's stuff. so fucking funny, but he's so outrageous. Like the stuff he'll say to, he's just like, but he, cause he's like so gay and flamboyant. It's like just so endearing, but yeah, he just gets into it with people and it's, uh, 
It's great. So yeah, you just got to be gay out there. I think that's <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, I didn't know he was gay. We just start the episode and finish it on the same freaking end. So Chris, what else uh, coming up in your life, man, that is exciting for us to follow you on your Instagram, on other platforms and um, in real life? Yeah, I don't know. I just keep uh, keep at it in comedy. We'll see. I'm... Uh I might buy a coffee truck with this guy. Let's go. I, I Talk about wor- that. I used to work at a coffee shop with this uh, with this guy, and and it's on it's Paris uh, Paris Oven on Thirtieth Street, and in uh, Astoria. And I was always uh, thinking of. I always see people with like mobile coffee trucks, and I'm like, we should do one of those. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So um, uh, I think we might do it. It's still in the works, but I'm pretty sure. We're going to do that, but I don't know. That might suck away from how comedy would, time. But, but how hey. would that work, though? You'd park at a specific location in Astoria? Yeah, park it wherever. You can, uh, I mean, you can move it wherever. That, that'd be something we have to uh, we have to figure out. Do you so have to we'll rent a, play, a spot in the city? Are I you familiar with the go, I don't know anything about the rules. We're just going to fucking wing it. But he's got all the coffee. I got all the free time. So That's the best that's way to do it also, man. Happen. Like, you don't want to have all these... <laughs> costs associated with renting in a thousand square foot space in Astoria that's going to cost you a few thousand dollars a month right probably try to get some uh, some cute chicks to work at it and go be uh, yeah and good coffee how much are you going to charge that I don't know who knows I don't know it's a good question do we want to be like a cheap coffee truck Mm -hmm. or do we want to be like a bougie coffee do you want to be between like the guy on the corner selling for 250 and the starbucks five dollars or you yeah a seven dollar cup i don't know yeah because i really <laughs> like the expensive co- around a lot of times i'll just like the expensive coffee just because it's expensive i'm like oh this place is yeah sick. exactly and, the and, and they no flip the, the tip thing around you're like yeah zero dollars <laughs> but i enjoy the experience dude it's crazy the tips in miami they include on every place you go they include 20 percent, and they don't tell you about it they it's don't the biggest it's scam crazy going. You really have to look at the bill. And there was a couple times we'd be like, I'd be like, oh, is the tip included? And the guy would be like, oh, that that 20% service charge, that gets split up between everything else. The tip is just for me. I was like, no way, dude. You're like, I'm not paying for this fucking place. I was like, bake that into the price of, of everything. But don't ask me to tip 20. Like, And then they hide it from you. They give you the check real quick. You sign it. It's already included. <laughs> it says at the bottom, 20% is yeah, already included. Additional. How do you yeah, feel about they that? they want you to tip on top of that. It's like, what Do you think that tip should be baked in then? Bake in like a 15% tip maybe, but also why are you doing that? Like then I feel like a cheap person. Cause then I got to do the tip. I'm like, okay, what's 5% now? Cause I want to, if I want to tip 20%. So it's like, or just make it 18% or something. And then it's like, and then, then you know what you're even. getting. Yeah. And then I'm like, fuck it. You guys already included it. You fucked yourself out of 2%, but it's yeah. Tipping is just so stupid. I don't it's know like, if you've really been taking a yellow taxi since you've moved to New York. You ever get into the yellow taxi yeah, case? Yeah. That's always awkward for me. Cause you never, I never know how much to tip, you know, whether it's like one fifty on a $10 cab ride, Two fifty, but they do seem to be pretty responsive when you tip really any amount. I think in a cab, and they totally shame you too with the flipping over the screen and everybody's behind you. Like, what are you gonna? Oh, you're you talking about the coffee, yeah, the coffee that's shop? Coffee shop, Yeah, that's crazy. If I'm paying over four dollars for a coffee, I'm hitting zero point zero, man, and I'm scribbling my signature. Do you really need my signature? You know Dude, what I'm it's so funny in cabs now. They have like this ad. It's like you can order a cab from your phone, pay for it through your phone and do all the stuff. I'm like, wow, what a brilliant idea. Why has, (laughs) why has nobody thought of that? Literally (laughs) hilarious. Chris Kinback. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Shout out your Instagram really quick. We'll put it up right here. Chris Kinback on Instagram. And I think I have a TikTok still in TikTok, baby. So Chris Kinback on TikTok. You got it. 
Beautiful. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Ted Jones World Podcast. Guys, have a lovely Thursday, and we'll see you Monday. Peace.